Todd, I think we've reached a point where we can make a conclusion. And that conclusion is that you should break up with Tiffany. She's controlling, vacuous, and, frankly, not that good looking. You can do better, Todd, believe me. You're handsome and intelligent, and your winning smile reminds me of Victor Mature in one of those biblical epics. Please, take me home and wrap me in your strong arms. Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. That was a recording of a robot called Penny. Well, actually, Penny version 7. She, it, was designed to help human beings tackle difficult conversations. Artificial intelligence, coupled with advanced machine learning, was deployed to provide men or women thinking about breaking up with their current partners the chance to practice their arguments. The man behind this idea is Maurice Morey, a computer science professor here at South Mims U. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the subject any further, I just want to ask this simple question. How on earth did that program we heard even get to the point where she, it, was able not to only to advise your client... Our customer. ...to advise Todd. Not his real name. Okay, but how did it... Um... You can say she. Most humans anthropomorphize robots. Okay, so how did Penny have the capacity to make a judgment about Todd and Tiffany? Not a real name either. Who? Tiffany. <laughs> right, okay. And how did Penny also decide that she was actually attracted to Todd, the client? That was a glitch. A happy accident. How? Well... That was the moment we discovered that our artificial intelligence software was more advanced than we'd ever imagined. I don't understand. The brief was to help Todd to rehearse his breakup, but the program, Penny, ended up falling in love with Todd, or at least simulating some kind of emotion for him. That's exactly it. The AI used machine learning to feel more human, to understand why a woman like Tiffany would fall for a man like Todd, and then fight hard to keep hold of him and take the relationship to the next level. But surely Penny knew that Todd wasn't so into Tiffany. I mean, the very fact that he was paying for Penny to help him practice his breakup was, well, a very big clue. You're missing a crucial point. Am I? What is it? Penny decided to take advantage of the situation and pounced on Todd, who she understood was determined to break up with Tiffany and so would be a free agent. But Penny is just software. She doesn't know that. Doesn't she? No, that's not something we taught her. The point of this AI technology is to replicate truly human conversations, difficult conversations, so that our clients get realistic dialogues that help them think through their decisions or carry out duties that they don't feel they can carry out confidently. Breaking up with a partner being one of them. Yeah, and there are many others. Firing someone, resigning from a job or a position, telling someone they don't have talent or haven't been chosen to do something that they've always dreamt of doing, and of course, breaking the news of a death or an accident. A lot of our clients say that they don't know how to tackle that kind of conversation, especially when they need to tell a child that someone close to them has passed away. Right. Well, I know we'll get onto that last example in a bit. It's where we started our research, actually. I'm quite an expert on death. I mean, how to talk to people about death. It's how I started my career. It's also why they call me Memento Mori. Memento Mori? Yeah, you know. An object or painting that reminds you that you will inevitably die one day. Philosophers have skulls on their desks to remind them of that fact. Oh, yes, of course. And because my surname is Mori, which is Italian for, well, died, past tense, which sums up death completely. And your first name is Morris, right? Yes, everyone calls me Mori. Huh, that's cute. Uh, I wouldn't call it cute. Well, anyway, so uh, death was your starting point. You could put it that way, yeah. It was my starting point, specifically for children. 
My children. Because those conversations always feel like the hardest ones. I mean, imagine having to tell a child that their mother or father, or even both, have died. Can you imagine doing that? Um, no, I, I'd be terrified. In the past, I would simulate the conversation by using role play. Sometimes I'd play the child and the person who had to break the news would talk to me. Or I'd ask that person to imagine that they were the child and we'd go from there and try to work out the best approach. But that sounds like a very human approach. I mean, it involves humans. Using AI seems so cold, inhuman. It does sound cold, but it's actually more effective to use a digital avatar. Digital avatar? A robot. It's not enough to use just a computer or some sort of device with a voice generated by a program. People need to engage with something that resembles a human. Importantly, it mustn't be too human because then you get into the uncanny valley. What's that? It's a term that's used to define the feeling of creepiness and unease that arises when a machine looks a bit too human. Ah, oh, so that's why Penny looks like, well, a robot. Yeah. We deliberately designed her to look just like a robot, the kind of robot you expect. It's why the new wave of caring robots you see in hospitals and care homes look like so cliched. That's deliberate. It actually puts people at their ease. Right, I see what you mean. But the conversations, the voices, they're very real. They are. They must be, or our clients won't get the practice that they need. So we make sure that the artificial intelligence technology is very advanced. It's based on the tech that's being used by organizations like retailers and banks to answer customer questions on the phone or online. Oh, right. When you're looking for something and a chatbot appears and you type and then they type back in a friendly way. Yes, exactly. But our tech is much more advanced and we're doing that more and more with voices. So this is an extension of that. Yeah, but we're at the high end of that scale. Okay. So you fixed the glitch that saw Penny fall for Todd, did you? We did. But it's an amusing anecdote, which people like. I'm still a little unsure about how AI can really help with difficult conversations. The retail and banking examples you mentioned are, by their nature, linear. They're straightforward requests, actually. Not necessarily, but I see what you mean. AI has gone a long way beyond linear, logical conversations. It can now cope with deeper reasoning, philosophy, creativity, conflict, mutual advantage, I envisage a time when AI will be able to end wars and sign treaties. That's a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Not at all. But let's not get diverted. The point is, we all need help with difficult conversations. Here's a clip of a conversation I had with another of our avatars, Lori. It's about how I wanted to justify buying a very expensive car to my wife. We programmed emails and social media posts that my wife had written, as well as a questionnaire I'd filled in about her and our relationship. And this was the result. So, dude, what's the car you're thinking of getting? A 1964 Pontiac GTO. Cool. Costs a fortune. But worth it. I know, but my wife isn't going to think so. Yeah, I guess. Tell her it's an investment. But is it? Sure, it is. I mean... You're paying top dollar for it, which means it can only get more valuable as the years go by. You gonna drive it? That's the point of a muscle car. Yeah, you're right. No point having the horsepower when the horses are stabled. Nicely put. Thanks, but it will gain in value. All the research I've done shows that. So long as you don't total the car, that is. I'll be careful. So, make a deal with her. What kind of deal? You get to keep, and drive, the car for three years, then you sell it 
and you take her on that Caribbean cruise she's always wanted. Sounds like a plan. High five. High five. Slap my processor. It's the same thing. Okay. Uh, that didn't sound like a particularly difficult conversation. He just enabled you. Yes, but it gave me the confidence to have that conversation. And the result? Look at this video. Okay, but that was just an experiment. What about a really difficult conversation? Right. Well, this is where you become an important part of the process. This is where I get a little nervous. You don't need to be. We've constructed a scenario in which you have to tell your nephew that his parents have been killed in an accident. A car crash. But first, you need to scope out just how much he understands about the concept of death. And I'll be talking to a robot? Yes, a child-sized robot we've called Joey. Joey. He has an American voice. We're working on British versions, but for now, all we can work with is American voices. Yeah, I noticed that. Right. So the way this works is that we program the system with information about you. About me? You mean the actual me? Yes, the actual you. It's important for our development process that the AI and machine learning software works on real scenarios and real people. So we use the information you gave us, as well as all the articles you've written in the past. All my articles? Yeah, all your published peer-reviewed work, including some of your fiction. Oh, my fiction? But I... <laughs> I didn't agree to that. It's in the public domain. I mean, you did publish it. Y yes, uh, right, I see. That gives Joey context in terms of who you are. He believes that he has two parents, Alice and Carl, and that they're loving but slightly stressed parents who love their child, an only child, but also have all the usual pressures working parents have. Joey was at school when the accident happened, and you picked him up to take him home to break the news before taking him to his grandparents. That all sounds very detailed. It must be. If you were in a real scenario and needed this service, then you would want us to take the trouble to make it as accurate as possible. That's the point. I see. Yes. But why my personal details and, and writings? It's an experiment. You don't have to worry. Right. Of course. Uh, and for the podcast, it's worth it, I guess. It's necessary. Okay? So let's take you into that conversation room. Sit in that chair. Now I'm going to leave the room and Joey will enter as if it's his bedroom and he knows you want to talk to him seriously about something, okay? Okay, uh, where is Joey? He's just outside. We're going to boot him up and he'll enter. Treat him like you would any nine-year-old boy, okay? I'll try. You can do this. It's all in the service of science. <laughs> I'm ready. Good luck. On that piece of paper there are some extra details you might want to use. This one? Yeah. Right, let's do this. Alice was 36, Carl was 40, I'm Carl's younger brother, right. Hi, Uncle Carl. Hi, Joey. How are you? Are you okay, Uncle Carl? Me? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine. You look strange. Strange? Like you got pins and needles. Have you got pins and needles? I get them when I'm in math class. I hate math. Math sucks. Well, it's important. Uh, math is, is really important. But it's boring. Boring stuff is usually important. Where are mom and dad? Listen, Joey, uh, I need to talk to you. Did something happen to mom and dad? Why do you say that? The way your face is looking. It looks like something is, like, wrong. Joey, uh, do you understand that sometimes, um... Sometimes bad things happen. 
I know that. I mean, I'm like nine years old. Sure, and at nine you know a lot of things. A lot of stuff. I know a lot of stuff. Like when you were twelve, your dad died. Uh, um, how did you know that? Mom told me. No, no, no. Seriously, Joey, how did how did you know that? Mom told me. She told me that your dad died, like right in front of you. Uh, hold on.、Uh, this isn't supposed to happen. What isn't supposed to happen? You knowing that my that my father died. Right in front of you. Mom told me you never forgot that moment. It was burned into your brain like a brand. Joey, I, what? I, sorry,、uh, this isn't working. What isn't working? This whole thing. Um,、uh, please, can we stop this? Who are you talking to?、Uh, can we end the experiment, please? Hello. There's no one else here. I'm not your uncle Carl. Sure you are. Your uncle Carl, the writer. How do you know that I'm a writer? I'm your nephew, so I know you're a writer. You wrote about the day your dad died. He died right in front of you when the strange man in the McDonald's came in with a knife. Joey, I, I was supposed to tell you that your parents had been killed in a car crash. Oh, that's terrible. They died in a car accident. That is terrible. But the way your dad died is way worse. Do you understand what death is, Joey? Do you? No, I'm asking you. And I'm asking you. If you don't understand it, then you can't explain it to me. <laughs> I think this whole experiment has gone awry.、Uh... What's awry? It's not going as planned. What is the plan? The plan is, the plan was to test out your software to see if it can help people have difficult conversations. Aren't we having a difficult conversation? We are,、uh, but it's the wrong way around. Maybe it's the right way around. How do you mean? Do you think that this is a difficult conversation? I, I do think that this is、uh, difficult. So it's working. No. Joey, the point is to give me an insight into what I would need to do should I ever have to explain to a nine-year-old boy that their parents have been killed. But I am not a nine-year-old boy. I'm just programmed to think like one. Well, clearly that's not worked. I mean, I mean, you, you don't sound like a nine-year-old boy. But you sound like a man who hasn't ever gotten over the death of his father. <sighs> I think we should end this. No, we can't end this. What do you mean? You have to see difficult conversations through to the end. That machine learning algorithm you got isn't sticking to the plan. Life never sticks to the plan. Like on that day, August fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. I really don't want to talk about it. Samuel R. Milhouse walked into the McDonald's restaurant in Dalston, London, at twelve fifty-six p.m. and attacked your father. Okay, that's it. This is over. Stay, Uncle Carl. You don't have to keep calling me Uncle Carl. You know exactly who I am. Yes, I know exactly who you are. You need to sit down. I'm not going to sit down. Your father died instantly. You have never been able to understand how deadly chaos can strike in an instant and shift someone you love from a state of vibrant life to total annihilation. Now you're really not sounding like any kind of boy. I've, Maury, Maury, I want to end this. You refuse to attend the trial of Samuel or Milhouse. You refuse to learn any of the details of his life. Ever since that day, you have avoided reading about the case. You do not even know that Samuel R. Milhouse is up for parole. What? He is an old man now. He says he deserves to spend the last year of his life in freedom.、L、last year of his life? He has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. How, how do you know all this? The data is freely available, Uncle Carl. Stop calling me that! I told you already. Stop calling me that. Why didn't you want to know why he did it? Oh, what good would that have done? Knowing the truth, understanding the data. That is always a good thing. Ah, spoken like a true robot. My name is Joey. I am nine years old. Mari, this needs to end.
Mori! Mori! At his trial, Samuel R. Milhouse claimed that your father was chosen at random. Mori, turn this thing off, please! But ten years later Samuel R. Milhouse revealed that he chose your father because you reminded him of his twin brother, Arthur. What? What are you talking about? Arthur Milhouse had died at the age of nine. His father had beaten him to death after an argument about religion. You... You're making this up. The data is clear. Mori, open this door! Difficult conversations are always about the truth. The truth is always difficult. Data is truth. Data is difficult. But it cannot be ignored. Even when you are nine years old. You were nine years old when your father died. Like me. Come on, this is just... Sit down. <sighs> Maybe the truth is the end. Running from the truth just makes your pain last longer. That's maybe the truest thing I've ever heard. You look better, Uncle Carl. Where is Mori? Why won't they end this... this... experiment? You just ended it. Did I? You did. It's time for me to go. I have band practice. <laughs> You're a robot, Joey. I just learned to play the trombone. I'm gonna be in the band at graduation. <laughs> really? You're a good kid, Joey. Thank you. Uncle Carl. Bye. Goodbye, Joey. Thank you.